Good evening. My name is Dan Peek. Welcome to the WDRT Monthly Review, a look back at this past month's news stories for August 2022. We hope you will offer your feedback by emailing monthlyreview at wdrt.org. I am recording in a studio at the Mead Public Library, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, 24 hours ahead of broadcast. Another overwhelming month of news, but with a twist, some good news. I will start with the Biden administration passing significant legislation and posting encouraging economic results. We have investment to counter the global climate crises, increase health care access and affordability, tax fairness and justice, jobs, a pause in inflation and lower gas prices. And on Wednesday, Biden announced cancellation of some student loan debt. By comparison, there is the huge, sprawling quagmire of Trump and his MAGA mob that sees all things Trump as okay because he did it, which must be exhausting given the long and serious list of accusations against him, accusations which remain serious and substantial through investigation and legal proceedings, in spite of MAGA arm-waving, shouting, and threats, many threats. So much Trump MAGA news that must somehow be fit into a few neat paragraphs, I will start with a few quotes and headlines that offer color. NBC News poll found that top issue facing the country for voters is threats to democracy. Yep, maybe a constant turmoil and chaos of all things Trump is weighing heavy and threats to democracy now rank first ahead of concerns over inflation. It's not theirs, it's mine, according to two witnesses, when Patrick F. Philbin, the former deputy White House counsel, tried to get Trump to return documents to the National Archives and Records Administration. Trump said, it's not theirs, it's mine. Yes, Trump deliberately took top-secret documents from the White House, lied about having done so, then lied about having returned them, then lied about... And yet again, Trump sees his latest self-made disaster as a clever re-election ruse claiming, yet again, to be the victim, not the perpetrator. I will come back to this. Our Senator Ron Johnson, again. As reported last month, Ron Johnson was directly involved in handing off documents falsely stating Trump won Wisconsin to Pence just prior to the electoral count in Congress. Ron Johnson won't testify to the January 6th committee because he only plotted to overthrow the election for, in his words, a couple of seconds. I had virtually no involvement, he said. Literally, my involvement lasted seconds. Okay? Ron Johnson's coup equivalent of the five-second rule. And with Dr. Fauci announcing his retirement after 50 years of public service, including controlling the spread of AIDS, Zika, and COVID, MAGA clowns attack. Senator Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, tweeted this. In January, a GOP Congress should hold Fauci fully accountable for his dishonesty, corruption, abuse of power, and multiple lies under oath. Never in our nation's history has one arrogant bureaucrat destroyed more people's lives. Fauci never criticized Trump directly, but he did say that he felt it was his duty to publicly correct the president when Trump said things that were inaccurate, and that caused him trouble with the president. Merely correcting Trump's inaccuracies, unforgivable, saving lives versus demonstrating fealty. My point, Trump and his MAGA deplorables have no serious legislative agenda or interest. Their interest is chaos and anti-government, including threats and violence. Democracy is their victim, and their end goal of gaining and retaining power justifies them taking from you your human rights. Consider the above unserious leadership of Trump, Cruz, and our Senator Ron Johnson against this. Democrats in array, per a headline that mocks to date drumbeat of purported Dem disarray. Democrats passed the Inflation Recovery Act, a $700 billion program with broad scope, And with this, the media is taking a different view. Here's the track record. American Recovery Act, the ARA, 
$1.9 trillion, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, $550 billion, the Bipartisan Chips and Science Act, $280 billion, Inflation Reduction Act, IRA, approximately $700 billion. That's nearly $3.5 trillion agenda. The scope of the issues addressed is notable. The pandemic and its economic fallout, highways, bridges, broadband, rail, manufacturing, science, prescription drug prices, health insurance, climate change, deficit reduction, tax equity, more. Biden has expanded NATO, passed a new gun safety law, and passed a bill to address the effects of vets exposed to toxic burn pits. Five of the seven of these laws, all but the two biggies, the ARA and the IRA, received significant Republican support. Add a few other items. Biden authorized and troops killed al-Zawari, the al-Qaeda leader behind September 11th attacks, ending a 20-year hunt. Jobs are back to pre-pandemic employment levels. 3.5% unemployment. Most judges confirmed. First black woman on the Supreme Court. Passage of the promise to address Comprehensive Toxics Act, PAC. PACT helps veterans who are exposed to substances like Agent Orange and toxins from burn pits while on active duty. Republicans initially voted against this bill. To add a bit of impressive detail, job numbers for the month showed not the downturn that many expected, but instead the addition of 528,000 new jobs, restoring the U.S. job numbers to where they were before the pandemic and putting unemployment at 3.5%, the lowest rate in 50 years. President Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. Almost immediately, it will produce results, a 30% tax credit for energy-efficient windows, heat pumps, or newer models of appliances, and will lower people's energy costs. The cost of drugs will be capped at $2,000 per year for people on Medicare, and health care premiums will fall for certain Americans. In the longer term, it will be easier for the country to switch to renewable energy, and wealthy Americans and corporations will bear more of the tax burden than they have paid since the 2017 Trump tax cuts. Senator Brian Schatz, Democrat Hawaii, offered, I feel like the media is having a hard time metabolizing the fact that this Congress has been historically productive and acknowledging the size of these accomplishments and the degree of difficulty, it's just hard to do accurately without sounding a bit left-leaning. An analysis by economists at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and Blue-Green Alliance, an advocacy group, found that the legislation will produce 9 million high-paying jobs over the next 10 years, with close to 1 million of them being in clean manufacturing, like making wind turbines, retooling factories, producing electric vehicles, among other projects. U.S. manufacturing currently employs roughly 13 million people. But former Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers, who has been right on inflation for the last two years, called on the Federal Reserve to deliver a clear message saying it will need to impose restrictive monetary policy that drives up the U.S. unemployment rate in order to quell inflation. Sadly, traditional Fed actions to tame inflation drive unemployment. The people that are hurt the most by inflation are then hurt by the cure. These accomplishments add up to a glimmer of hope through a fog of doom. Democrats are demonstrating that the government is working, but for their ideology to make sense, the current-day Republican Party needs chaos. Chaos is what it is currently delivering. In comparison, there is the daily breaking news following Trump's announcement that the FBI had searched Mar-a-Lago, his Palm Beach, Florida residence, earlier in August. In a nutshell, Trump took talked secret documents from the White House to Mar-a-Lago when he left office. Trump may be charged with violating the Presidential Records Act. Trump himself signed a law making the removal and retention of classified documents a felony punishable by up to five years in prison. There was much behind-the-scenes effort to get Trump to return to documents, including Trump's declaration of mine. 
But Attorney General Merrick Garland defended the actions by the Department of Justice this way. Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly without fear or favor. Under my watch, that is precisely what the Justice Department is doing. All Americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law, to due process of the law, and to the presumption of innocence. He also reminded people that the Department of Justice will speak through its court's filings and its work. Despite repeated efforts by the Justice Department to recover them from Trump in recent months, including by issuing a subpoena the former president had resisted, creating a standoff with law enforcement, Harry Littman, a lawyer at Constantine Cannon and former federal prosecutor, offered this. It's unforgivable that the former president put the country in this position. It's not just pieces of paper, but pieces of paper that are really are inherently dangerous. For example, perhaps there's people out there who would get a glimmering that they're here and would try to steal them. It's completely intolerable situation because on his willful, petulant, and completely recalcitrant conduct. This was not a single event, meaning the actions of the FBI. Some documents were recovered in January. More documents were recovered in June. The Trump lawyer asserted that everything was returned. It wasn't true. There were top secret documents in Trump's office closet. Remember, in 2019, a Chinese national carrying phones and other electronic devices was arrested at Mar-a-Lago after getting past a reception area by saying she was heading to the pool. More than 300 of the documents recovered to date were clearly marked as classified top secret, including special access program materials, some of the most highly classified secrets in government, even documents about nuclear weapons. One set had the highest level of classification, top secret, sensitive, compartmented information. Republicans undermined Hillary's bid for the presidency over but her emails and continued to hand wave yet another Trump-made threat to our country. As Harry Lippman pointed out, it's unforgivable that the former president of the country put the country in this position and his MAGA supporters fabricate lies to cover for him again. On one hand, we have uh, Attorney General Garland citing faithful adherence to the law. On the other hand, when asked, we have our Senator Ron Johnson. I think Mar-a-Lago is a pretty safe place. So, no, I'm not overly concerned about some top-secret information being leaked out. Hmm. Terry Canefield, lawyer, author, and analyst, summarized Trump's latest theft of classified documents this way. January 6th happened because Trump thought he was entitled to keep the presidency. The stolen documents happened because Trump thought he was entitled to keep them. Meanwhile, Trump fundraises, seeing this as a path to his re-election. Government that is about helping people versus government that is about securing and retaining power. Since I'm talking about the self-righteous, Justice Alito is out and about explaining himself and took exception to criticism. Justice Thomas joined in. The inescapable conclusion is that a right to abortion is not deeply rooted in a nation's history and traditions, Justice Samuel A. Alito Jr. wrote in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization, which overturned Roe. Only if a firearm regulation is consistent with this nation's historical tradition can it be justified under the Second Amendment, Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in striking down a New York law limiting concealed carry permits. Maybe Alito and Thomas have overplayed their hand. Kansas voted on a state constitutional amendment that would give lawmakers the ability to further restrict abortion. It was resoundingly defeated. Nate Cohn for the New York Times explains, 
The vote, a resounding victory for abortion rights supporters in Kansas, offered some of the most concrete evidence yet that the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade has shifted the political landscape. The victory, by a 59-41 to 41 margin in a Republican stronghold, suggests Democrats will be energized party on an issue where Republicans have usually had an enthousi- enthusiastic advantage. The Kansas vote implies that around 65% of voters nationwide would reject a similar initiative to roll back abortion rights, including in more than 40 of the 50 states. A few states on each side are very close to 50-50. This is a rough estimate based on how demographic characteristics predicted the results of recent abortion referendums, but it is an evidence-based way of arriving at a fairly obvious conclusion If abortion rights wins 59% support in Kansas, it's doing even better than that nationwide. In the case of the missing text messages, another huge Trump mega coup story before it was crowded from the front page by Trump absconding with hundreds of top secret documents. First, it was a few persons in a secret service, then Homeland Security, then persons across the Pentagon and the Department of Defense. We learn that Inspector General Joseph Kafari, who was initially reported for hiding the destruction of Secret Service texts from Congress for more than a year, subsequently refused to step down from the investigation. He has now also said that he would not provide the documents lawmakers wanted to see or permit House committees to interview his colleagues. The news of these missing records set off a firestorm because the text could have corroborated the account of former White House aide describing the president's state of mind on January 6th. In one case, the aide, Cassidy Hutchinson, said a top-secret official told her that Trump had tried to attack a senior Secret Service agent who refused to take the president to the Capitol with his supporters marching there. The news to date leaves many more important questions unanswered. White House call logs and diaries are also missing, and Ms. Hutchinson, former chief aide to Trump's White House chief of staff Mark Meadows, allegedly told the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol that she saw Meadows burn papers after meeting with Representative Scott Perry, Republican Pennsylvania. Perry later asked Trump for a presidential pardon for his actions in trying to overturn the election. Vice President Pence was rushed from the House floor, passing within 40 feet of insurrectionists, but refused to be removed from the Capitol on January 6th. Had he been moved to the White House or the Naval Observatory, he would have been out of the way, at least adding to a delay at the electoral count and adding momentum to sending the count back to the states. In other words, what Trump wanted. And Jordan Leibowitz and Lauren White, citizens of, of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington crew, reported that the Secret Service had notice of a specific threat against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi days before the January 6th attack on the Capitol, but didn't tell the Capitol Police until 5.55 p.m. that afternoon, well after the attack had happened. Writer and law, uh, lawyer Amy Vanderpool texted this, How do you wipe all of the phones across the Secret Service, Department of Defense, the Pentagon, and DHS, and no one finds out about it for a year and a half? There is no way this was one person. It is a conspiracy, just like the attempted coup. Let's turn to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. There was a spate of stories about how early U.S. intelligence assessed Russian intent to invade Ukraine. There was a flavor of some reporting that suggested Ukraine President Zelensky was difficult to convince. But maybe Zelensky's view is better understood with his comments. You can say a million times, listen, there may be an invasion. Okay, there may be an invasion. Will you give us planes? Zelensky said. Will you give us air defenses? Well, you're not a member of NATO. Well, okay then. So what are we talking about? 
The Pentagon estimated that 80,000 Russian troops have died so far. Moscow hasn't updated its March total uh, since its uh, March total of 1,351 dead. General Staff of the Ukrainian Armed Forces puts the number at 42,200 on social media this month. As we approach the six-month mark, we have now met and surpassed the six-month mark of Russia's invasion. The war is entering a new phase. Increasingly, Ukrainian forces are taking the fight against Russia into Russian-controlled areas. One action credited to them this month was a huge explosion at a Russian ammunition depot in the occupied Crimean Peninsula. Also in Crimea, a week prior, partisans had a hand in a successful strike on a Russian airbase, destroying eight fighter jets. The Ukrainian strategy against Russia is deoccupation. The goal is to counter Russia's shock-first strategy of slow advances on the ground using artillery to pulverize towns and villages, then moving in only after Ukrainian soldiers and civilians have been forced to flee. The main targets by Ukraine are ammunition and fuel warehouses and headquarters housing the Russian officers who command frontline troops. The goal is to break the active operational support and bleed the Russian army dry. Grain shipments from Ukraine are gathering pace under the agreement hammered out by Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the United Nations in July. Russia's blockade of Ukrainian black seaports had sent food prices soaring and raised fears of more hunger in the Middle East and Africa. At least 18 ships carrying loads of wheat, corn, and sunflower oil have departed. CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart. A federal judge on Wednesday ordered, this past Wednesday, ordered three of the nation's largest pharmacy chains, CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart, to pay $650.5 million to two Ohio counties, ruling that the companies must be held accountable for their part in fueling the opioid epidemic. The decision is a companion piece to a November jury verdict that found the companies had continued to dispense mass quantities of prescription painkillers over the years while ignoring flagrant signs that the pills were being abused. Earlier this month, for example, the nation's big three distributors settled with more than 100 West Virginia counties in cities to a tune of $400 million for their business practices during the uh, opioid epidemic. It is apparently cheaper to settle than to go to a jury trial, but the cost to the families and communities is beyond a dollar amount. COVID. U.S. Senator for Disease Control and Prevention says the nation should move away from restrictive measures such as quarantines and social distancing and focus on reducing severe disease from COVID-19. In new guidelines released Thursday, the agency no longer recommends staying at least six feet away from other people to reduce the risk of exposure, a shift from guidance that has been in place since the early days of the pandemic. High levels of population immunity due to vaccination and previous infection and the many available tools to protect the general population and protect people at higher risk allow us to focus on protecting people from serious illness from COVID-19. Vernon County continues to average around seven cases a day, 22 per 100,000 population. Crawford County has experienced a recent outbreak with new cases averaging as high as 84 per 100,000 population. One million Americans have died. New cases continue to run 100,000 per day. An average of 500 people die daily. And this, this is part of our new reality. Dr. Rochelle P. Walensky, the director for the CDC, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, also delivered a sweeping rebuke of her agency's handling of the coronavirus pandemic, saying it had failed to respond quickly enough and needed to be overhauled. To be frank, we are responsible for some pretty dramatic, pretty public mistakes from testing to data to communications, she said in a video distributed to the agency's roughly 11,000 employees. COVID, it's not gone, but now, apparently, we live with it. Let's turn back to ongoing Trump and MAGA legal exposure. 
Trump executive Adam Weisselberg pleads guilty. The New York Times reports one of Donald J. Trump's most trusted executives stood before a judge on Thursday and pleaded guilty to 15 felonies, admitting that he conspired with Mr. Trump's company to carry out a scheme to avoid paying taxes on lavish perks, even while refusing to implicate the former president himself. As part of the plea deal with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, the executive is required to testify at the company's trial if prosecutors choose to call on him and to admit his role in conspiring with Mr. Trump's company to carry out the tax scheme. That testimony could tilt the scales against the company, the Trump Organization, as it prepares for an October trial related to the same accusations. Trump is also the subject of a civil investigation being conducted by New York State Attorney General Letitia James. That inquiry is focused on whether Mr. Trump fraudulently inflated the value of his hotels, golf courses, and other assets to obtain loans. This month, New York State Attorney General Letitia James interviewed Mr. Trump under oath, and former president invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination more than 440 times. Ms. James, whose office also worked with a criminal case against Mr. Weisselberg, will now have to decide whether to file a lawsuit against the former president. And Rudy Giuliani. Lawyers for Rudy Giuliani have been told that he is the target of a criminal investigation in Georgia into election interference by Donald J. Trump and his advisors. One of Mr. Giuliani's lawyers said in an interview that he was notified on Monday of such of such action. Mr. Giuliani, who was Mr. Trump's personal lawyer, spearheaded efforts to keep Mr. Trump in power, emerged in we- recent weeks as a central figure in the inquiry being conducted by Fannie T. Willis, the district attorney of Fulton County, Georgia, which encompasses most of Atlanta. Earlier this summer, prosecutors questioned witnesses before the special grand jury about Mr. Giuliani's appearance before state legislative panels in December 2020, when he spent hours peddling false conspiracy theories about secret suitcases of Democratic ballots and corrupted voting machines. The Wisconsin primaries add up to the following races. Governor Evers will face GOP candidate Tim Michaels for governor. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes will face our Senator Ron Johnson for Senate. Brad Pfaff will face Derek Van Orden for Congress, filling Ron Kine's vacated seat. One final news item before wrapping up. Author Salman Rushdie was stabbed at the Chautauqua Institution in western New York. Rushdie had, has lived in and out of hiding since Iran's Supreme Leader in 1989 issued an edict calling for his death after he published the Satanic Verses, which provoked outrage among some Muslims. He was stabbed roughly 10 times, was hospitalized with what relatives have described as life-altering injuries. His agent said he will likely lose an eye. Hadi Matar, who is accused of killing Rushdie, his mother, Silvana Fardos, has disavowed her son, whom she said returned from a 2018 Middle East trip, with a, trip with a, as a changed man. Matar became interested in politics of a nation the United States had designated a state sponsor of terrorism. The New York Post recently reported on an exclusive jailhouse interview with Matar where he praised Iran's Ayatollah Khomeini. It was Khomeini who issued the fatwa ruling for the death of Mr. Rushdie. Most of us are familiar with many aspects of the history of Khomeini's rise to power following the 1978 revolution that led to the overthrow of the Iranian Shah, Mohammad Reza Pahlavi. Not to recount the history, but the conflict between the United States and Iran persists to this day, and I imagine we all have feelings about the rights and wrongs and ongoing threats. A fatwa and an attack on an author for his writings, his right to free speech, is unacceptable. Hear this. Last night, my father killed another political dynasty. He first killed the Bushes, and then he killed the Clintons. Last night, he killed the Cheneys. He's been rhino hunting ever since he got into politics. Those were the words of Trump's son, Eric Trump. 
Eric was celebrating a primary election loss by Representative Liz Cheney, Republican Wyoming, a Trump critic and co-chair of the January 6th Investigative Committee earlier this month. She lost her primary by a wide margin, but she's not gone from the political stage, vowing in her concession speech to do whatever it takes to ensure Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office. Cheney recently said about Trumpism in the Republican Party, we stand at the edge of an abyss. Her crime, she believes that accepting the outcome of fair election is a higher duty than promoting the lies of their great leader. Her anti-Trumpism voice is unlikely to go away as Cheney considers a run for president in 2024. Even worse, a Republican candidate for Florida House, Luis Miguel, tweeted, Under my plan, all Floridians will have permission to shoot FBI, IRS, ATF, and all other feds on site. Let freedom ring. Remember that Secret Service knew of a specific threat against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi days before the January 6th attack on the Capitol, but didn't tell the Capitol Police until after the attack had happened. This against a backdrop of deleted text messages by officers of the Secret Service, but also the Department of Homeland Security, Department of Defense. The Trump-appointed Inspector General for the Department of Homeland Security, Joseph Kafari, neglected to tell Congress of the destruction of evidence for more than a year, and he refused to make his staff available to testify. Threats of violence didn't start with Trump. It won't end with Trump, but he did put hate crimes, racism, threats of violence on steroids and invited all the inmates to act out in public in the name of Trump. Edward Luce of the Financial Times observed, I've covered extremism and violence and violent ideologies around the world over my career. Have never come across a political force more nihilistic, dangerous, and contemptible than today's Republicans. Nothing close. Oh, but the United States... General Michael Hayden, former director of the Central Intelligence Agency under Presidents George W. Bush and Barack Obama, retweeted Luce and commented, I agree, and I was the director of the CIA. The defeat of the Kansas Constitutional Amendment to further limit abortion suggests Republicans may have saved Democrats from a midterm election embarrassment. People, especially women in this case, don't like it when you try to take away rights and freedoms. Roe v. Wade and the Supreme Court Dobbs decision, Donald Trump, Eric Trump, Julie Giuliani, Joseph Kafari, Ron Johnson, Alex Jones, who was judged this month to pay $50 million in penalties for his lies. And yet, the question, is there really no difference between Democrats and Republicans? Thank you for listening.